For the newly indoctrinated, Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files follows the story of a professional wizard in Chicago. We've started our podcast as a way to help break down the series' most important moments, characters, and lore. This is McAnally's Dresden Files podcast by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. Welcome to the McAnally's podcast brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode 8.13, Deal Breaker, where we are covering the novel Grave Peril. My name is Tanzan, and I'm joined by Maggie. Hello, hello. And Jess. Hi. Today we have a returning guest, Matt. Welcome back. Hey, guys. Yeah, I woke up in a summoning circle this morning with a microphone in my face, so I guess we're yes. doing this. It worked. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> told you investing in that copper circle would be worth it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Now I know why there's three of you. <laughs> Most podcasts have two hosts, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Macbeth was my favorite, just saying. I wanted to take this moment to thank you again for being one of our Patreons. We are so grateful for you, Matt. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's worth it. And, and thank you to our other Patreons. Your support helps us keep doing what we're doing, and it, it's fabulous. Thank you so much. It's so much fun. I hope to one day sway that opinion, Matt. She's going to keep trying. It's worth it in spite of Jess. <laughs> oh, welcome to my life. <laughs> Have a new Patreon tier where I just specifically bully you relentlessly, and that's all you get out of it. <laughs> yeah, I get that at any tier. <laughs> you mean that's not what that tier is already? <laughs> but I want one where I like I just record the podcast as just relentlessly bullying them. That'll be a new podcast. <laughs> I just bully the patrons. Oh, where you leave a paper trail? <laughs> well, you know, is, is this going to be like, um, like what is it, Bianca Del Rio or whatever, where she's just her whole act is just like insulting insult clown? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> This is our one-year episode. Exactly one year ago, we started uploading episodes. Woo! Woo! Exciting! Yeah. Happy anniversary! Happy, Happy anniversary. anniversary! That is kind of funky. Look at yeah. us go. So, this episode is going to come out on the 26th, and we started posting the first episode on the 25th of March. So it's been exactly one year, or the other way around. Thank you. That's yeah. awesome. I don't know when this is coming out. 25th or 26th, and whatever it was last year was the other one. <laughs> exactly one year. Because <laughs> dates are like math. <laughs> yes. I can't look it up. <laughs> okay, so last year on the 26th, which makes this episode come out on the 25th, which means exactly 365 days, which means exactly one year. Woo! Ooh, how exciting is that? That's very exciting. Chapter 26. Dresden and Michael continue to try to find the master of the nightmare at the party. The two question a Roman centurion only to find out that he's a powerful dragon. They continue their search and run into Susan, who has forged her invitation, leaving her at the mercy of the Red Court. So, yes, we left off with... Dresden being all sassy and sarcastic to Kyle and Kelly and being like, haha, cheers, bros, and like downing his wine goblet and Thomas rushing up and go, Oh, I caught you just in time. The wine's poisoned. So yeah, was so it was poisoned with vampire spit. Was that prepared just specifically for Harry? So I'm thinking not, because as this scene goes on, he's like, Oh, they've done it to everybody. So my issue with this is just ew. So I think we already talked about this a little bit when when he tries to find Lydia and gets jumped by Kyle and Kelly and Kelly's on top of him and like drooling all over him and some of it like gets in his mouth and right there I was kind of like ew like that's a thing I don't don't lick my face and don't like spit into my mouth <laughs> like I understand the whole exchange of bodily fluids in you know romantic adult settings but it's just different this is just gross so I'm like, so what did yeah, they... Yeah, this is not that. No, so what? what is the whole, like, like... Okay, so so can the vampires, like, milk themselves? Like, you do, like, a venomous snake? Oh, God. Like, yeah, like, that's what they... I was wondering. Like, do they have people just in the back room just spitting into these wine glasses? Or, exactly, or like, spitting into why are they just sitting there gobbing into all the wine things? I'm like, this And is, is it, like, is it Bianca specifically? Or does she have, like, minions whose job it is just to spit in wine glasses? Well, I'm figuring she's got to spread this out. There's no way Bianca can poison enough wine for an entire party on her own. So I'm... I'm thinking, yeah, the minions, because they all have that. That's the whole thing about them is is how they get you is these vampires spit, right? Obviously, 
Kelly's was narcotic. First of so. all, you don't know how much spit it takes to work. Maybe it's just like, you know, like the whole like holy water thing, you know, like one drop is enough to, to like, bless you the know. whole thing. So she's just licking the rim of the glasses? <laughs> yeah, that would be good. That long bat like tongue. Like I imagine yeah. it is like just behind the fangs, you know, is just like kind of like, you know, a deposit, you know? Well, yeah, that's like what a snake is like. Yeah. That's how you can milk venomous snakes, yeah. right? You so pop like their you fangs just... into a thing. and But this is what I'm wondering. But like, I feel like, you know, Bianca doesn't really care if she has to kill like five or six baby vampires and be like, thank you. Drain the fuck out of you. I'll Good see, to no, go. I, I don't see it like that at all because as far as I know, I'm sure some hepatologist, herpetologist out there could Herp, correct me yeah. otherwise. Um, but as far as I know, there's no snakes that die from losing all their venom. Yeah, but I don't think Bianca fucking cares about setting them up and being like, oh, I'm just going to extract some venom nicely. I think she'll just, you know, like, take a knife, slash them across the jaw, you know, oh, you're over the punch bowl. Oh, you talking about <laughs> draining them that way, not letting them yeah. drool into the bowl. Oh, okay, well, yeah, that's different. That's not milky. That's just slaughtering. Because remember, she's a villain here. Right. That seems like you're a really a- terrible way to build up an empire. Right? That, that okay, does. But I mean, there's always stepping on a few This is the people. vampires, you know? And as any parent will tell you, there is no shortage of your children's spit. This is very true. <laughs> this is. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite lines from Gilmore Girls is when, like, 17-year-old Jesse is coming to stay with Uncle Luke. And he's like, he's going to have jam hands. They always, and she's like, jam hands? He's like, kids always have jam hands. She's like, oh, he's 17. I think he's over the jam hands phase. <laughs> But that is something else. You're always sticky and you're always goobery and slobbery and Yeah, there's always something. Yeah. Like yeah. some fluid you can't identify. Which part of you could this possibly have come out of? And you just don't want to either. You're you're just mm-hmm. happy you're not answering where they <laughs> oh No God. kids. Yeah. <laughs> For now. What you're missing in Tanzen. this mind <laughs> and Jess's horrified looks as you guys are describing this stuff. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, so after they've done this whole disgusting of spitting in everybody's wine for God knows, like that was, yeah. So this part's just gross. So Harry does something else gross. So Harry sticks his finger down his throat to make him be fine. I get back, get the, the drugs out of your system, all that. But you can't take anything to rinse your mouth. Like that's one of the worst things, like fine, if you have to vomit, you have to vomit. But the first thing you want to do once you vomit is rinse your mouth out. And at least, get, even if you can't like brush your teeth and like clean your mouth, Harry forces himself to vomit and then turns around, grabs another glass of Gargle and swish. Like, this is what I'm great. I'm like, he obviously can't do that. There's probably no, you know, water glasses. And even if there was, you can't trust that anything else out there is not. So I'm like, that's even worse. I'm like, not only did you have to make yourself throw up, but you literally have nothing. Well, he needs to, to be yeah. fair. Harry's not here trying to make friends. I think smelling a little disgusting is probably going to be okay. Yeah, maybe from other people's, but come on. You don't want that in your own mouth. For like, mom's fantasy brain, this is really ruining the vibes for her. Yeah, it's yeah, yucky. So Dresden theorizes the red cord is trying to scare him away or keep him from finding out information. So they, so he decides to try to, that, 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 it's, that he's not going to leave the party because he needs to get information. Mm. So Harry's like a 16-year-old girl in this. I'm not going to go. Yeah, I'm totally going. I don't want to go. Well, now I'm here, but I'm going to leave right away. Well, now I can't leave because I know you want me to leave, so I'm totally staying. (laughs) I don't know. Michael's like, what? So yeah, so Harry assumes that, yeah, they've drugged just everything. Probably food, too, but at least all the wine to get because they notice everybody else is is already getting all blissed out well, and considering what the vampires eat yeah they did drug the food they did drug all the food yeah so i don't know if they drugged the guests food as well <laughs> but um yeah so he's like so yeah so michael's like you said they couldn't do anything this overt and the whole laws of hospitality and he's like mm, they don't want me dead or because they couldn't just do that so they're just trying to exactly prevent me from finding out or doing something and they're like and so who's at Thomas? He's like, um, okay, but why would they invite you if they didn't want you to come? <laughs> you know, and Harry's like, well, be like, typically, like I said, you know, they, they had to invite me to have, you know, protocol and everything like that, invite the White Council, and I'm the only one really of rank here. Um, but much as Harry had said initially when Kyle and Kelly showed up, he's like, fuck you, I'm not coming. And they figured that would be it. So I do, I, I do like that one line where he's like, um, so they invited you, but they didn't think you'd, you'd actually come. He's like, yeah, ain't I a stinker? <laughs> it's like, this old world logic always makes me dizzy with the fairies too. It's like, okay, here's all the rules we have to abide by, but we're not going to actually abide by them. We'll abide by the letter of the law and 
never the I always spirit. get confused. I know, I know. It really does. And like you say, like they, they, like we argued this earlier when they showed up to deliver the invite and Susan's like, well, they can't do anything. They promise you'd be safe or whatever, right? And Harry is like, yeah, but like it protects you, but it doesn't really, like you really, really do have to know the nuances of this stuff. And uh, I don't even know how Harry picked up half of it, to be <laughs> honest, because again, Harry's not that old. Harry hasn't been to that. I mean, I guess maybe his whole child and things like that. Maybe he was submerged a lot more in heavy white council business. But, you know, I'm like, obviously, Harry has not been dealing with the supernatural world at large as much because this is all new to him. So I'm like, where did you pick up on all of this? Because it is so back and forth and so conniving and so underhanded and so... Trixie and loop de loop and I would be dead within five minutes of any accorded function. I can barely handle social social situations as it is. I don't know what people are doing. If everybody's actively trying to deceive you, I'd be just like, nope, I'm dead. Bye. Right? Totally. Yeah, like cannon fodder right there. <laughs> like, no, least... but they said they were I trusted them. Why did you do that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And I'd stick my foot in my mouth right off the bat, too, because I'd try to be, like, funny and sassy and snarky, and it would just, I'd insult the first person I, I met, and, yeah, wouldn't have the the raw power or whatever that Harry has to get away with it, or knowing which, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I would have walked up to, you know, Fairfax or something, and he just would have squished me right on the spot. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, well, never mind. So I gotta say I love the interaction between Thomas and Dresden. It's so it's so fabulous. Like their their, their chemistry right from the start is just just gorgeous, just gorgeous. Right. I, I love this. This has anyone told you, Mister Dresden, that you were a thr- thoroughly annoying man? That made me grin. To which he rolled his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Grin with those big fake plastic vampire teeth. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it's like you know that is just. I don't mean honestly. I feel this because I have a um, a coworker who I was friends with. That wore big plastic teeth? That did not wear big plastic teeth. But if I could get, like, a shut up out of her on any given day, I knew I had, you know, done my job. That that, that was her affectionate, like, you drive me crazy. That, you know, it'd be some, like, tidbit or weird little bit of trivia or fact or something like that. And she would just be like, shut up, Maggie. And I'd be like, yes! <laughs> I eat for that with my wife every day. Yeah, right? That, that was like, our I love you. <laughs> Yeah. If I can get a shut the fuck up, I've done my job. Right, exactly. So I, I feel this moment so much. He's like, you're so annoying. And Dresden just like grinning at him. He's like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah, he would. So yeah, so, he, so, so, so he's talking about all this. And Thomas is kind of like, what are you talking about? Like, whose plot to do? And they're all like, just never mind. None of your business. And he's like, shut down. Fine, fuck you. Like, so yeah, so basically he's like, okay, hey, whatever. You guys have fun. And like. They go to mingle. Pieces out again or whatever, yeah. So, so Michael I, and Harry continue to narrow down who might be controlling the nightmare with the remaining guests of the party. Mm-hmm. They figure that the the, the the red vampires will be controlled by Bianca, so probably it's not going to be one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so they start as the man dressed as the Roman centurion. Mm-hmm. Harry inter- introduces himself, and the man uses his name against Dresden like a backhand. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I like the little end interaction there too when Thomas wanders off though, and my you know and he's and Harry's just kind of like he's like nice guy and he's like mm, for a vampire he's like you know don't trust him Harry though like something's off he's like he's like or he, Michael's like there's something I don't like and Harry's like oh I like him it's I don't trust him <laughs> but he's like yeah I yeah, know that's that's the theme of the books honestly right <laughs> yes that comes Actually, up over and over. You're right. There was a lot of that. There's a lot of great people and like frenemies and things like that. Like even Marcone. He's a terrible, horrible yeah. person. You're like, Harry, no. But at the same time, I'm like, I love Marcone. Like the character done so well. <laughs> so yeah, here's another one where, yeah, he's like, it just sums it up quite perfectly. He's like, I like him. He's like, I don't trust him, but damn, I like him. <laughs> like, yeah, you guys vibe very well. So yeah, so then they wander off. And then he sees this Roman centurion who, according to his own words, is wearing an authentic Roman centurion outfit. Uh-huh. Like, is the material he's wearing thousands of years old? I would have to assume. Yeah, I'm thinking Fairfax just at one point was a Roman centurion or knew them or lived with them. Or like, ate a couple. Yeah. <laughs> you know, anywhere in that time zone. is yeah. His- you know, we keep the furs of things we eat. And I'd ask no reason why yeah. he would have But then, like, all the leather and stuff on there is just holding up two, three thousand years later. Okay, so... I'm going to throw this this little uh, theory out 
for, for you to ponder on here, Matt. Dragons are magic. So <laughs> if he can preserve himself for a few centuries, I'm going to think he's got some super fancy scotch guard somewhere along the way or something. That magic <laughs> preservation hoard. <laughs> I was just thinking it would condition the leather every now and then. but See, whatever that's, it takes. That's, that's a little <laughs> practical. I just feel like eventually it wears through. Like, a little dragon Even entropy stick. wins out in the end. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I would see well see this is where I'd say yeah, if it wasn't simply taking care of it, I'm sure he's got a little stasis hope chest or something like that that he can Well, okay, what what deteriorates leather? Is it oxygen? Existence. Is it nitrogen? Is it Friction. CO2? Friction from wearing it. Well, I'm sure he's not wearing it every single day. <laughs> Running around in his little centurion. <laughs> Skirt. I'm just like, maybe the Never Never doesn't have the same, you know, oil breakdown going on. As, I know, was just going to say, they do mention him coming into this reality and things like that. So it is very possible that wherever he exists on the whole, yes, as you just said, may have very different effects or, as the case may be, non-effects on... Different leather? reality? Is Faravex just, like, time jumping whatever he wants to? <laughs> he just picked it up yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe he just put together like a hundred of these things and he just wears one every 10 years and throws it out. That'd be pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> well. like, uh, like in those uh, cartoons or whatever like that, when you see them open their closets, it's the same outfit like, 45 rah, 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 rah. times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dragons are known for hoarding. They, exactly. Yeah. Most dragons sleep on a pile of gold. He sleeps on a pile of Roman centurion outfits. <laughs> every time you see him, you notice the name tag has changed, <laughs> but nothing else. <laughs> Septimus, Octavius. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So then the other thing that Michael points out. So yeah, so right off the bat, because like when just when they exchange introductions and he says the name and Harry's like, oh, crap. Ouch, that hurt. Yeah, he's like, he doesn't even have my whole name and just the part I gave him to introduce. He managed in that one second introduction to get it right. Yeah, that's Harry. an incredibly huge display of power. Yeah, so, and this immediately ticks Harry off. <laughs> because why not? <laughs> He's like, oh, you show off, you bully, and starts lipping him off right away. And then Michael's like, Harry, yeah, 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 just a second. You know, blah, blah, blah. You know, Harry, Harry, yeah, what? He's like, look at the cigarette. And Harry's like, what? <laughs> and this is, yeah, this is a nice, I do like this. This is a cute little nod where they talk about him, like, you know, blowing smoke with this cigarette the whole time. And then they suddenly realize the cigarette's not lit. Yeah. They're like, oh, shit. And then Harry's like, oh, so he's a, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Michael's like, yeah. That's this a, is a dragon, a dragon dude. Yeah. He's like, oh, he might want to be. <laughs> yeah. And this is where we get, and he's like, oh, dragons, big, huge, scaly claws. And the dragon's like, fuck you, you minuscule mortal. You know nothing. <laughs> I can be whatever I want to be, whenever I want to be. Um, so, yeah, this is where he gets his little. Oh, I love that moment. Sorry, I'm going yeah. to quote that. <laughs> Don't tempt me to show you what I can do by speaking your name and making an effort mortal. Suffice it to say that I could not comprehend, that you could not comprehend the kind of power I have at my command, that my true form here would shatter the pathetic gathering of monkey houses and crack the earth upon which I stand. If you gazed upon me with your wizard sight, you would see something that would awe you, humble you, and quite, dis, uh, and quite possibly, or probably destroy your reason. I'm the eldest of my kind and the strongest. Your life is a flickering candle to me and your civilizations rise and fall like Glass, or grass in the summer. Well, I said, I don't know about your true form, but the weight of your ego is sure pushing the crest of the earth towards its breaking point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just Thanks, sass, Harry. Sass, 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 sass. <laughs> yeah. Love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he immediately, like, what did you just say to me? Do you know who I am? Yeah. <laughs> Wait to leave it to Dresden to, to ruin a yeah. villain speech. Yeah. So speaking about who he is... We are. Let's speak about yeah. who he is. Pharaoh Vax. Okay, so we know that um, Jim Butcher likes to steal a lot from um, Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, okay, okay. And so if you know about Dungeons and Dragons, you know that there's like it. two different kinds of dragons you can have. I chrome, know at least five. Chrome dragons or... <laughs> oh, I see those were all the same. What is it? Matt, do you know what it is? It's chrome and... Not off the top of my head, no. I'm trying to think. It's like, it's colors and metals. I just can't think of well, what they actually call it, but like you know, chromatic kind of is both. You've got you've, well, I know, <laughs> but it's on, like whatever. Here. You've got like red, blue, green, white, and black, and then you've also got mm -hmm. it's like silver, bronze, gold. Gold, yeah. I don't remember what the other two are. 
Well, I'm sure one of them is iron. That's where you're going with this, right? So I'm going with iron is like fair okay. iron, F-E, yeah. right? And vax yeah. is like the whole like voice, right? So there's this whole theory or whatever like that, like iron voice thing. Yeah, that's what I had. Yeah, in Dungeons and Dragons, dragons are depicted as any of various species of large, intelligent, magical reptilian beasts, each typically defined by a combination of their demeanor and either the color of their scales or their elemental. Okay. So there you go. So yeah, color or metal. So you have yeah your red green dragons, or you have like your bronze Gold and iron, and yeah. yeah. So the pharaoh is Latin for iron, and yeah, um, yeah. What I got was vax isn't really anything, but Ooh. vox does mean voice, right? So probably a, a bend on that. So good old iron voice or mm-hmm. something along those lines. That's cool. or voice of iron. Yeah. Voice of iron. Yeah, oh, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we have Syravax 2, which is the other one. Because a moment later. So yeah, so he just continues to piss him off because he's like, Mr. Drafton. He's like, Justin. <laughs> and that's when he gives his own little speech thing there. Um, and he's all like, I'm not impressed. Like, big deal. You're a bully. Like, that don't impress me much. And he's like, well, let's see if we can't make yeah. it. And, and then throws down literally, a big spell on him, the gravity spell. Yeah, quite literally, like, impresses him into the air. <laughs> kind of thing. And Harry was it even a gravity spell? I feel like it was just force of will, crushing for some kind of crushing heavy spell. Because we do see that as a theme in later books, where just sheer force of will holds people in place. Yes, Tenzin hasn't got there yet. She's got her thinking face on, like what? Mm. Don't worry, you've been there. You've just forgotten. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, that is a thing. As he comes up with stronger beings, that yeah, like the whole. Uh, will and stuff like that is how he throws his magic around, but he uses the magic and he uses, you know, the blasting rod and the staff and the mm-hmm. ring and the things to help, you know, project and focus. And so, yeah, beings that can do that without any of the fancy gadgetry that can just will you to whatever is, yeah, just another step. And this guy does it so easily and so, doesn't even just like knock him down. So I mean, like he punched him in the face or something. But he just, like, flattens him to the ground, and Harry can't get up. (laughs) Despite expecting it, Harry's just a beat behind and was ready but not ready for it. And so, yeah, so this is when Michael steps in. He was like, oh, he's like, nice nice trick. He's like, uh, if Syriathrax had or should have learned that. So now this is a nice little nod. So I'm like, because when Susan is first asking about Michael and Justin's like, ah, oh, he saved her from a dragon. And she's like, really? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I do like how they just casually drop that. Michael killed a dragon and we just never mentioned it again for like 10 more bucks. Yeah, exactly. You're like, did it, did it happen? Did it really? Is that how we met? And then, yeah, exactly. He mentions it here. And again, just as an aside, like, like he's pushing Pharaoh's buttons too, but in a, different more respectful i don't know just not as blatant or brash or whatever that harry pissed him off and more subtle like hey i killed your brother one time yeah which nice weather we're having would be also a pretty (laughs) big but for whatever reason yeah fairbax doesn't immediately squish him maybe that's just again the privilege of being michael and one of the you know avenging um weapons of the lord (laughs) or i was gonna say angel but michael's not an angel but um, yeah, Pharaoh definitely backs off once he said that. Well, he, well he, he, it distracts him at least enough for, for Harry to get a spell to... Yeah, it kind of shakes him. And, and so, yeah, like you say, we just get this very casual... So, again, is this the same dragon that he met, Jerry? Is this some other random? Are there more? Like, is this the only dragon? You know, because he's obviously more comfortable and more knowledgeable in the fact is, you know, he's sort of pointing this out and nudging Harry in the right direction right away, right? And he's basically the one that, that clued in Harry here <laughs> that this is a dragon and he's but yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting little and then yeah, he's like uh his attention sharpens, but it's no longer on Dresden. Now it's now it's on Michael. So he's like, Oh, you're the one He's like, I thought you'd be taller. <laughs> I just always think of I don't know if it I mean, obviously it extends from other places because, but it just, I, anytime I hear that, I'm always like Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze and Sam Elliott. Uh-oh. It's like a terrible, horrible, like B, C, D list movie, but for some reason it just holds a dear it's little a cult place. classic, yeah. Yeah, cult classic, yeah, exactly, it is. <laughs> and that's the big thing is, is the gist of it is Patrick Swayze is this famous bouncer, basically, and gets sent to this like terribly horrible, violent little bar place. But the, everyone's line is, you know, they take one look and be like, I thought you'd be taller. But he doesn't have to be because he's Patrick Swayze and can still kick your ass without being. <laughs> but yeah. I see. 
But again, I suppose that's effective from a dragon, but we've already established that Michael is like over six feet tall. Like he's around six four-ish or something like that, I think. So I'm like, I don't know how much taller he wants him to be, but I guess we're a dragon. Tall is never tall enough. <laughs> Maybe he expected Harry to be taller too. I don't know. He was literally expecting a two-story giant. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I feel like he's met a few of those. I probably he's probably squashed a few of those too, and not. It's just funny because again, he's not in his full epic dragonness either. I'm like, he's just a dude in a Roman centurion outfit. It's like I thought you'd be taller. <laughs> it's like, well, what are you like six foot right now? Like, <laughs> that seems to be enough to. He loses it. It sounds like he loses his interest in the in that part where he's like, yeah. Well, yeah. he wasn't really interested in Dresden except that Dresden was being a snotty little uppity uh, upstart. Sir Knight, <laughs> like I would advise you to be more humble in the face of your betters. He cast a disdainful glance at me, and he might want to consider a gag for this one until he can learn better manners. And then he disappears, which is really not wrong for anybody in Harry's company. I think multiple of Harry's acquaintances have been told that he should have a gag. <laughs> so you know that's that's nothing new there. Manners but. do not make it this man, <laughs> right? And I I don't know if if Faravax is just assuming that because Michael I'm like Michael is being humble though, like because he's basically like he's like I wasn't wasn't anything personal. I wasn't proud of it. He's like you should be more humble. I'm like well, as far as I'm concerned, Michael was being pretty humble. But I'm like I had I, that note too. I, yeah, I was hey, like that's his thing. I guess if this was my yeah. relative colleague brother i'd you know maybe be pissed too if you're like it wasn't personal i just had to kill him you know no wonder he doesn't like dresden if he's finding michael to be (laughs) yeah right (laughs) so at this point the pair notices the crowd is thinning out they decide to question the man dressed as hamlet next and then bianca Mm -hmm. and as they're looking for hamlet they run into susan dressed as little red riding hood So, yeah, so this makes me feel like, so he's already pointed out, so he's like, um, so the guests are in costume, the the food people are in black, and the vamps are in, like, red, or whatever, this is basically how everybody, and so he just ca- catches this flash of red, and immediately goes on the alert, and it turns out to be Susan as Little Red Riding Hood, but I'm like, I'm just reminded of... I had a sister one time that was looking into, you know how you can be like an extra for movies and things like that and like background characters. And they're like, oh yeah, if you ever get, you know, called it to be, it's like, uh, it doesn't really matter, like wear your own clothes, but just don't ever wear like black, white or red. Because those are usually the things that are, you know, those are the eye-catching things or whatever. And usually the stars and people are decked out. So just wear some other. And I'm like, it's like this. It's like, Susan, did you not read the memo? <laughs> like, you weren't supposed to wear red unless you're one of the vamps. <laughs> Because when you're showing up uninvited to a party full of monsters, the one thing you want to do is draw attention to yourself. Right. Right. And this is the next thing. So they get into that pretty quick, right? He's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, oh, man. He's like, well, you don't want to take me. I tried to call. And again, this goes back to, I totally get Susan's side of, you know, I mean, this is when Harry was in the middle of trying to um, find the locator spell. Or no, the demon trying to track down the demon and michael's like you got a phone call and he's like i'm a little busy <laughs> you know and so i'm like i i get right but at the same time you're just like susan what the hell is wrong with the please hold yeah, right like i don't know he's in the middle of tracking down a demon that tried to eat him in his dreams susan like <laughs> it's not like he wasn't legitimately busy with something it's not like michael didn't know it was not like michael doesn't the, the first page of the book michael's like so are you gonna marry her so I'm pretty sure Michael, you know, knows Susan is is pretty involved and on the up and up and knows what's going on. Like, you couldn't be like, hey, he's in the middle of a dangerous spell. <laughs> like, what do you got? Can I help you? Like, I don't know. Well, and she's got that journalistic sort of drive that just <laughs> yeah. gets her the better of her a lot of times. Where she's just like, I need this story. I need it now. And I'm going to do anything to get it. I have an opportunity. And yeah, and Harry's just blocking me out, not giving me good reasons. She's I mean, like the lowest lane. I'm sure justifying yeah. any of his good reasons anyways is not good enough. Luckily for Susan, you know, she's not the only one. Like, Murphy is just as fucking stupid. Harry is just as fucking stupid. So it's like, okay, we can't all put it on you, Susan. But yeah, you just read the scene. You're like, Susan, you're so fucking stupid yeah so i'm wondering so like when you think about it so it's like when harry comes in he has to hand over his invitation and he is like announced at the top of the stairs in a spotlight harry dresden wizard of the white council and guest well so either susan arrived before him because harry obviously Uh didn't see any such announcement so what, did she just, like, I, I got here before my escort? Like, she just hand over Hi, the invitation? Hi, Yeah, right? Like, good costume, right? <laughs> right. Okay, Fantastic. but, like, Fantastic. the vampires are obviously not going to say no to that. 
Okay, then yeah, oh, wait, okay. Harry sent his guest ahead without him. He's dumb. <laughs> oh, an additional snack. Okay. Yeah, yes, also, I suppose, I'm pretty sure they instantly knew when they read the invitation that it was a fake and not the real deal. And they were like, awesome. Uber brought itself. <laughs> There's got to be some sort of like magic tell on the invitations or something, some counterfeit protection. That like only- copyright watermark. Yeah. Well, like, it was, like, you know, written in gold ink. Like, Susan, yours is only, like, uh, regular, like, store-bought ink. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but I just, it's one of those things where I'm just, like, no, I think, think it would have been more instantaneous or so. I mean, I guess maybe. I think the vampires looked at this random girl wanting to come to their party. They're like, you're so dumb. Come right and on in. Maybe yeah. that's all I it exactly is. Exactly what I happened. Take it that, too. Yeah. yeah. Like, she, they get, she gave them instant leverage. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, yeah. This invitation is just paper. Yeah, come on in. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I'm sorry, but then why have stupid, fancy engraved invitations if you're just going to let anybody in? Just, well, cause, so just stick out, just eat. stick a sign on the lawn that says "Kegger this way." Because a couple people <laughs> need some promised, some promised uh, hospitality rules on there. Some, some, some fake protection. I mean, to be fair, I think everyone here who's decked out in black probably didn't get an invitation. I'm sure they were all at a rave, and then they were at Bianca's mansion. Their, their, you know? their, like, their names were put on the list for. Yeah, well, but you know, like Special I don't think the majority of them. Talk you know, to Dave at the back door. Yeah, no, I know. It was just one of those dumb kind of, I'm just like, Neh. No, but, I yeah. think I think it's fully one of those things where, yeah, like. But okay, but Susan it still begs just, the question of, did they do the full, did she get the full spotlight and trumpets at the top of the stairs I think as just the guest? Of, and then when they showed up, they just did it all over again for Harry I honestly, I think it's just one of those things where it's more like, you know what? Hey everyone, this is the guy we're trying to kill tonight. <laughs> yeah. I but don't know, but that they introduced Thomas and everything like that when he because he went in just ahead of who's uh, also somebody you know. that they don't really like. Well, yeah. okay, but that's yeah. most of the guests. I think that part was part and parcel of the. I just wonder if they're like, oh, well, you're just the guest, so you just yeah, Susan doesn't matter. Go mingle. Yeah, if you'd arrived with Harry, we'd introduce you, but you just kind of go in because you're just the plus one anyways, or. They were all Anyways. just like, sure, sure, sure yeah. Sure. Maybe she got yeah. there, and then they helped the invitation. Everybody announcing and guest. And guest. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You know me now. Proceed. <laughs> so Dresden tells Susan that she has to leave immediately, but she refuses. Relax, Harry. I'm not letting anyone lick me, and I'm not looking anyone in the eyes. It's kind of like visiting New York. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Which there was a response to. You don't understand, purred a dulcet voice behind me. My blood ran cold. By coming uninvited, you have waived any right you had to the protection of the laws of hospitality. There came a soft chuckle. I mean, little red riding hood, that the big bad wolf gets to eat you all up. Oops. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Didn't think that through, did ya? Soon's <laughs> real dumb. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers for your generous support. It's people like you who help us to do what we do. If you're not yet a Patreon subscriber, sign up today and get a fuck ton of bonus content, kick-ass merch, behind-the-scenes outtakes, and more. Sign up today at www.patreon.com slash rambling. Chapter 27 Leah makes her presence known at the party. Harry is greatly affected by her in his compromised state and begins to get weaker as the moments pass. Susan barters with Leah to purchase Dresden's debt and gives Leah a year worth of her memories. Leah takes her leave, and the group decide to leave as well, only to realize that Susan no longer remembers who Dresden is. Uh, so, yeah... Leah's popped up to say hi. <laughs> she likes to pop up at the most inconvenient or convenient or moments. It's been so long, Leah. Where you been? Right. Yeah. Delivering a sword. Right. <laughs> so, so was this the whole point of, uh, like, did Butcher already decide to send her in his little red riding hood, or did he, like, backtrack because he wanted to use the line of, like, the big bad wolf getting to eat her all up, or... You know, which came first, the... Like, is there any symbolism of her wearing a red, little red riding with hoods? Is that intense? Probably, although Jessica doesn't like that he put her in glasses, because Red Riding Hood didn't wear glasses. Yeah, that's like, weird. Maybe she was just imbuing a little of the grandma part of the narrative in there. <laughs> I've just never in my life seen a Red Riding Hood costume that came with glasses. <laughs> like, no. Does um, she wear glasses regularly? No, Susan doesn't have glasses. Yeah, no. 
they don't they don't depict Susan ever as having glasses or anything like that. So it's just I mean, I think I feel like I have seen it somewhere, but you're right, it's usually Granny has the little glasses, you know, all the better to see you with and blah blah blah. But I feel like I have occasionally seen Never like costumes never. of red depicted with Never. It's the journalist part. That that is there you go. That's her <laughs> Superman Lois Lane. <laughs> Put the glasses on, then they'll definitely not recognize me. <laughs> so, you know, if it was, like, something like, oh, Harry made these glasses to, like, see through, like, fey illusion, like, then I'd be like, okay, wear your glasses, but it... No. Well, then Harry would be wearing them. Well, yeah, but... Harry has he, the like, sight, you know, though. He makes them for, yeah, his he, friends. He can see through. The whole point of this is to give Susan a reason to have glasses, and uh, he, th- there is no reason other than the fact that Jim Butcher doesn't know his costumes very well. Well, and there isn't a reason, because the glasses don't actually play any part in it. Yeah, They're so why even included them in the first place? Yeah. Just to let... Is it like, like, is it like, like when you accidentally misspell a word in a letter and it's actually a code and this is a whole thing <laughs> and we should really be paying attention to the only character Wait, in the entire is, series that has glasses, is, which is, is butters, which means... Is yeah. this the decision that was made in this book <laughs> that changed the course of... Susan just doesn't Susan wear glasses in the other the whole thing up by putting glasses on Little Red Riding Hood. To be Hood. fair, by coming to this party, Susan did fuck everything up, actually, for a matter of fact. We all put it on Harry. Well, I but mean, But if yes, Susan hadn't come to this party, yeah. there would be no Dresden Files, so. as we know it. Mm-hmm. So if so. he had just answered the phone well, instead of trying to contact that demon... Okay, right. fair enough. But, but like, also to be fair, yeah, to be fair, at, at that moment, he actually was in the middle of something. He could have easily called her back 20 minutes later. <laughs> he should have done that, but... Oh, yeah, I don't know why he didn't just phone back when he was done summoning a demon. He's but, a bad you know, boyfriend. Uh, he, He's really bad at You it. know, <laughs> at the same time, though, we all make the jokes nowadays, like, we would rather die than, like, answer our phones, so... I'm, like, I'm like, Dresden was just, you know, a little ahead of his time there. He's still, though, like, like dude... It's like, I meant to call you back, but I was busy battling a demon, so, and it took me three months. Although I like that it is confirmed, though, that, like, Susan broke into his apartment and, like, copied his letter and then left. And it's like, girl, you know where he lives, just come back over and talk to him then. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that was when he was busy out chasing down Lydia or whatever. Wait, was that? No, I'm getting my timeline. No, that was it, basically. He summoned the demon, and then him and Michael came to the party, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, like, yeah, they were in the graveyard, then they went to the hospital, then they came home and summoned the demon. And that's when Leah Then was all day long, call. they waited for the party to start. She must have done it before. She must have gone and copied the invitation prior to that, and this was her last-ditch attempt to... Because there's no way she could have gone and had an invitation like that made, like, that fast between when she Maybe tried when to she phone Maybe she stayed over and, and he left her there sleeping? Yeah. And she just did it then? She might have just... Mm. Yeah, she, I think she she lifted it sooner and, and, yeah, came back and dropped it off on the coffee table or wherever... And then as a last-ditch attempt, tried to get a hold of Dresden and talk it out and be like, hey, just take me or whatever. And then she's like, fuck you, I already have the invitation, I'm going. But yeah. Nothing like a woman scorned anyway. Nothing like a woman scorned, yeah. So, well, it's not much better with with Leah here either. Um, And he's like, wait, godmother, what big eyes you have. Are we straining the metaphor here or what? She's like... I don't have time to be... She's like, I don't have time to make metaphors, Harry. I'm too busy being one. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so we get the little exposition here from Leah that because basically the conversation we just had because the invitation's fake somebody's not actually covered Harry is the invited guest and was allowed to have one and now there's two in relation to him so somebody well I'm sure Leah has a plus one that she's not using let's just have Susan be her plus one (laughs) I'm sure there'll be no harm to come out of that deal right exactly right but no Leah's just all what's in it for me come on Leah be a bro I know (laughs) She, no, she's only ever bro when you like don't. But really, me. Leah's like, Harry, you can be my plus one. <laughs> <laughs> if you but sit Harry. at my feet. <laughs> right. And this was something too I looked up with the Leonon sheet or whatever. Apparently that mostly translates to like fairy lover. So I know I don't remember if that's here or not. I may be slightly. She's like a real yeah, character, I know. She's, though, she's yeah. like a yeah, the Leonon sheet exists in other lore outside mm-hmm. of um, but I just hadn't realized before how often it just it translated basically to, like, fairy level. So I knew she was sort of, like, fairy lover. Um, I know she's been described as a muse before, and I don't know if that's in this book or she pops up at a later point of having. So, I mean, I kind of knew she had that whole muse thing of, like, inspiring artists and poets and things like that. But um, I think she mentions it in this chapter. Yeah. Like, just as an aside. Is it, is it here that we discovered it's that? It's definitely this book, if not this chapter. Yeah. Um, that's probably why I was looking it up for this chapter, is if that's where it came up. But anyways, 
yeah, so Susan says she's all, she came prepared to protect herself. And Leah's like, mm. And Harry starts feeling less and less good. So she's like, I don't know, she's reaching out for Susan or something. He goes to grab her wrist and he starts feeling all wonky. Um, right, and right before that, like, she tries to get Susan to, she tries to, again, to get Susan to leave. And Susan's like, no, don't. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not a child. Like, don't. Yeah, that's where she's like, I can protect myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in this world she is, definitely. Right. But Leah tries to reach for Susan, which. Yeah. Yeah, and like blocks it because he's like, no, don't, hands yeah. off my lady. <laughs> yeah, goes to touch her and he's like, I don't and care. This is probably nothing good. Just knocks off a bunch of visions for him where he's like at her feet and just, just yeah. Suddenly, really has the desire to submit to her. Yeah, and I mean, wouldn't we all? He's already gone on and on about her glamour and beauty and supermodels wish they had it as good as Leah. And <laughs> And it turns out, over the course of the book, she's like the tenth hottest woman she meets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Leah's gonna kill you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was worried about Murphy taking vengeance on me, but dude, don't piss off Leah. <laughs> you know that's how Medusa came about? <laughs> yeah. Basically. Comparing goddesses? <laughs> yeah, everybody said she was prettier than a goddess, and the goddess got pissed. And it wasn't even Medusa. Medusa, I don't think... Um, she didn't yeah, it was like, describe herself that way. Yeah, it was a different But everybody else was like, you're so beautiful. You're more beautiful than I want to say Aphrodite. Yeah, Aphrodite or Athena. Yeah. It was Athena who cursed her. It was Athena, Athena. Okay. okay. So yeah, she's like, she's more beautiful than Athena. Athena was like, fuck you. Know? I'm like, but it, she wasn't saying to it be about fair, herself. To be fair, like, though. Goes curse to be all fair, assholes. Medusa was fucking in her temple. Yeah, okay, but no, I'm pretty so. sure she was like seduced or something like that. Well, I don't, I don't still, know. If you're gonna I, fuck in a goddess's temple. <laughs> yeah, but I have you a, do deserve I have to a, get cursed. I have a feeling it wasn't um, Medusa's choice, though. Oh, I'm, yeah, there's different times. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. exactly consensual. Could have been. Could have been. Yeah, it wasn't consensual. She was just like, hey, you're a hot priestess and I'm going to do what I want. And yeah, that's that's why that story is so unfair. It's because Medusa paid like all the prices and like none of it was her fault. You couldn't, yeah, if, if she had even been the one to, yeah. Anyways, so moving right along. So yeah, so Harry's feeling all, so yeah, he's like uh, getting all the warm, gooey feelings of being like, I can just go with Leah. I can just fulfill my debt, fulfill my promise. I'll be happy. No more of this other crap to deal about. And the third time this book, Harry's like, God, I wish I could just give the fuck up. Right? Give in to all this. And <sighs> once again, his stupid, stubborn, dumbass brain will not let him succumb to all the magic and drugs and glamour. Right. It's, it's tough to say no to peace, to the comfort of it. All through history, people have traded with wealth, children, land, and lives to buy it. But peace can't be bought, can it? Chief Prime Minister, the only ones offering to sell it away are the ones that want something more. They lie. And that snaps him out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, Harry just can't be happy. <laughs> I really like, though, that, like, you know, Leah's all like, Harry, like, it isn't good for you to be rejecting this deal. Like, your power's gonna grow weaker every time. And he's like, yes, the less power for you to have when you finally get me. And, like, that's actually a pretty good... Pretty fair. Pretty good defense on Harry's part. Like, if you already are condemned to this woman, you might as well slash your own power as much as you can before she gets it. Like, right. it's almost like, you know, giving your own a death curse aimed at yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Which fine, you can do. have me, but I will be the worst version of myself. <laughs> yeah, if I can't have me, nobody else can either. Uh-huh. So much as it is, and I'm like, I don't know, again, this has to be, you know, fate or something like that, because I'm pretty sure most of us, especially when you start getting supernatural things like like the vampire spit or Leah's, you know, I'm like, how does Harry's reason always manage to poke through in the end and drag him back out of it? Because he's a stubborn, stubborn bastard. Right? Well, again, right? I'm like, there's there's the... What is it? The, um... Well, the deck is tipped in your favor. <laughs> the deck is stacked. Thank you. Thank you. That The deck the is definitely... tipped. Yes, thank you. Either one of those is what I was looking for. Yeah, the deck is stacked a little bit in his favor because, yeah, it seems like no matter what incredible odds... That still always manages well, when you look to at lifetime of so... pain and people trying to control you like he has. Anytime somebody promises something good, he pretty much just assumes it's a lie. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. yeah. It pays to be the titular character as well. That too, right? <laughs> Plot armor. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> although, to be fair, I mean, you know, there is changes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically he suddenly starts feeling wonkier than just the the effects of whatever vampire spit is still in his system. 
So yeah, so basically he's not feeling so good. He's feeling weak and he thinks Lee has pulled some trick or whatever on him because she's shown up to claim him again. And uh, and that's why, because he's like, you shouldn't have any power or any sway over me in the mortal world. And she's like, I'm not doing this to you. Yeah, just being close to her is causing her him to have this meltdown. Broken faith weakens you. They bind you tighter, lessen you every time you go against your given oath. She sound concerned, genuinely compassionate. Godson, I beg you not to do of this to yourself. I said, struggling to be calm. Because if you do that, there will be less of you to eat. Yes. <laughs> less power for you to take. It will be a terrible waste, she assured me. No one wants that. Yeah. So that's when he tries to be like, we're under a truce here. He's like, you're not allowed to work. Um, and she's like, I don't really want to eat you, though. Because he's like, that's basically, yeah. He's like, oh, if I just diminish my power, then there's less. And she's like, I don't want to eat you, though. Like, that's not what I want from you. <laughs> um... So that just quickly, um, they have this conversation about, like, you know, I'm under protection, you can't hurt me, which just goes to further prove that, like, not only does the people who extend the invitation have to not harm you, but they have to make sure none of their guests also harm you, which means Harry can't harm anyone else because that's part of the deal he also makes. Mm-hmm. Is that not only can you not host and guests can't harm each other, but guests, guests and, and guests, guests can't guests. harm each other either, right? Yeah. Like, everyone is responsible for everyone, you know? Yeah. The so. the host putting this thing together assures everybody's safety See from and everyone. whatever from yeah exactly not letting any shit go down in their own but house, of course right? harry can never be safe from himself no so this is so yeah so michael's like trying to support him because harry's like literally like physically going down like stumbling and she's basically like this is all well you because even susan's getting in on it like what did you do to him and she's like mm-hmm. he keeps breaking his promise like that's on him and again we've heard mention of this before this is the first time we ever get to see like the actual consequences of that and the actual results of such a thing happening and even harry is like what the hell and it takes you know a minute for it to all like sink in that because this is i believe this is now the third time which is also again i don't know yeah. if it's come up a whole lot yet sorry that that magic number of three So there was the first initial deal he made with Leah when he was a kid that happened off screen before we met Harry. Then she cornered him at the hospital scene with Agatha Hagelthorne and he slipped out of it then. And then the third time is he, you know, kind of renewed that bond with her in the graveyard, like the night before or whenever that happened here. And now he's meeting up with her again. So whether it's just the general or whether that's, third time being extra important or meaningful to the scenario basically it's all that break your word and bad shit happens and when you're a wizard it's a little bit more literal than <laughs> also annoying is that if everything is based off of like how you interpret the world because like everyone's like you know harry's shit is based off of what harry believes about the world and how his magic works and it's like we but- all have this like you know like focus on like three being a magic number like why can't we have a focus on it being like one million sounds <laughs> like you get like a million tries before shit started going wrong like we should really have changed that a while back like three is super right. easy number okay. to get to <laughs> so maybe they just hadn't come up that far you know With numbers like, like yeah when exactly. magic was created you couldn't count that high exactly it's like we had like 10 fingers no 10 one had toes. ever counted farther than three it was, <laughs> well, not that they hadn't counted ever but that was a lot back then you know i'm like if three of your 10 children survived you were doing well Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if, if you could hang on to three of your four limbs throughout a lifetime you were because i mean really that time losing a limb and that isn't that the earliest mark of civilization was like amended bone yeah because it meant that they didn't just abandon them healed and he, yeah, it's like somebody actually fixed the bone and helped protect the weak and dying, and that was like the birth of civilization. I don't know. I don't know why three is. I'm just saying. Magic. I was like, <laughs> well, if I was a big number of times to betray somebody in a row, that's a lot. I like how Jessica's like, you should get away with it like a million times before anything should happen and you should start having to deal with consequences. Because apparently Tansen is also the moral compass of this industry. I just think if like you were a wizard, you just started. (laughs) Jessica's like it just shouldn't be a thing. I'm like I don't know. Maybe they just weren't that smart yet. Tansen's like maybe you just don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Just feel. If you were a wizard and you're aware that belief has power, I'd have started believing, like, wizards get a million chances, wizards get a million chances. I would have, like, indoctrinated myself to that point. Like, I'd gaslit myself as a child if that's what I'm like. 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, from my understanding of the lore, wizards had quite a bit of power back then themselves. So, like, maybe they wanted to use that number three against other people who break the word to them. Right. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. That is a little bit of the whole, you know, Either way. Well, like you say, I'm like, whoever's getting the word broken against you, like you say, I suppose three is enough. <laughs> like... You know, Wizards like the original genie, like they're going around. Shame on you, fool me twice. So we've giving you up to three chances here, okay? Like So regardless of how it all came about or whether Harry should believe it or not, the damage is done. So yeah, so he's already so he's had a bunch of power eaten by a demon wizard num, num, or num. demon spirit thing. <laughs> Um, he keeps breaking his word to Leah. Um, he's been he's poisoned twice. Poisoned a couple of times, so probably and no real good sleep since he's been attacked. Not a lot of good sleep since since he tried to get the, you know, the sleep and the and nightmare. And he's fought this nightmare three times as well through Mickey Murphy, Malone, Mickey Malone, Malone and Charity. Charity. Yeah, yeah, he's got a whole lot going on there. So, and on top of that, loss of sword, which I have to imagine the ever pressing guilt of that is, would ruin my life. So, yes. even if Harry doesn't feel anything, I just want to throw if that he, on him. He, he should did, feel very well, and I'm sure he does. You know, whether he can about it. <laughs> forget about it for a few seconds at a time while he's busy dealing with other things. But yeah, as usual, plus his girlfriend not, stole his invitation off of his mantle, which is just <laughs> right boundaries, girl. Breach of trust, <laughs> right there. Now yeah. he's got to get her out of this party, and he's got to get him and Michael out of this party, and. He's already met a dragon. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just not. He doesn't have a lot of gas in the tank to deal with this and figure out what's going on and do anything to stop it himself. And to be fair, a lot of times I'm, before this and going ahead in the future, a lot of the times when he's been like, you know, out of gas, it's because he's been throwing around his own spells. This mm-hmm. is like, yeah, actively like people have taken his literal powers from him, which is a whole different ball game. Because it's one thing when you're the one who's getting rid of your powers on your own. This one is like, well, not to say that, you know, the holy shit isn't his own fault as well, but... Yeah, but yeah. To be fair, this is a little bit more of just like, yeah, like hacking off his limbs rather than. Right. Yes, he didn't just, you know, yeah, overexerting himself. Own stuff or it's quite whatever. a bit of loss exactly. of control, which is probably why he speaks so much in, in these few chapters about experiencing fear. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. that's one of the reoccurring things that I've noticed on it, that he talks very clearly about being afraid. Being well, afraid, but also like as many times that we have Harry come down to this whole like, should I give up? Is this too hard? What do I do? Like, I find like. Through grave peril, I find that he just has this conversation a little bit more. I find in other books, he kind of only has, like, that one crisis of faith, you know? Mm -hmm. And then he's like, okay, rally the troops, like, get better. But this one, yeah, like, on top of that constant fear, it's also constant doubt of himself. Because it comes up so much in this book when he's like, fuck, just give up. Fuck, just give up. Fuck, just give up. And it's like, bro. I think because, again, this is more the culmination of things coming at him. Like... Stormfront was entirely by the seat of his pants. Mm-hmm. Like, he stumbled across, like, that whole... He almost Victor's, didn't know how scary it was. Yeah, like, that whole Victor Sells things was kind of a whole, you know, because he had no idea. None of us, you know, supposedly knew in the beginning of that. Everything was connected, right? He started on what he thought was point A and ended up at, like, point D and didn't realize that they were all, you know, linear to each other at the time or whatever. You know, he thought he had all these separate... Um, and so, yeah, so basically that was kind of a fluke and that it, nobody was really coming after him until he started sticking his nose in. And it was a lot the same kind of for Full Moon that he was brought in and one thing led to another and he, he pissed off the street. Well, I mean, you know, the FBI sort of purposely sent him there. But, you know, he stuck his foot in and got them mad and coming after him. And that was the whole, whereas this one is now, I mean, he even says it, like he said, when he goes to the hospital, that the doctor's like, oh, Dresden. He's like, yeah, I'm not really famous. I'm more like infamous. So I think this is the thing where now things are more specifically gunning for him and rather him just sort of muddling along or stopping and coming, you know, now they're more actively coming after him and he's becoming more like Bianca and things like that, you know, more known on the scene that... Like, okay, you kind of were nobody fumbling around before, but now you keep showing up in places that we don't want and you're getting, you're being more of a nuisance and a hindrance than, so I think that's part of why he's a lot more afraid. Because, <laughs> yeah, again, something specifically, I mean, it was part of, you know, they went after Krabos. Yeah, to be fair, it's is, one thing to be intercepting thing. and stealing mail versus actually getting the invitation and being involved and you're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. And I mean, yeah, so it starts again a little bit. I would say, like, off screen that way that, like, yeah, he went after Krabos, and now Krabos is like, hey, well, I'm coming to take vengeance on you or whatever, but, you know, things are happening in a more active state with Bianca's stuff coming back at him and, and Leah and all that kind of stuff that, yeah, I think less of a passive role in his mm-hmm. 
life. Career I know we happens. say it a lot, but it's it's funny. It's always like Harry. It's gonna get so much worse. Pull yourself <laughs> together, like you know. How well does that work for any of us in our real life? Ah, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Leah uh-huh. begins to bargain with Susan to buy out his contract. Or at yeah. least Susan tries to, like, what can I do? Yeah, Susan's like, what are you doing to him? Stop. And, like, how do we stop it? So, yeah. So Leah suggests first her eyes, then her her, her name, capital yeah. N. So. And her, then her love. <laughs> I know that part. So I just like to, to point out here, too, that, yeah, she, she says you want to buy his debt. And she's like, I don't think you can afford it, but maybe we can do a surcease. So she's, like, just a temporary. So that's not even, she isn't even bartering for the whole thing to get him out of it. But, again, it's just a temporary reprieve in the moment right so that's what they're buying and I love this. she's like how about your love she's like you want me to love you like mm, that's not how it works and Leah's like oh my god and it's like, I want you to love me <laughs> what exactly did Leia want with her eyes oh god only knows because they were so pretty they were just pretty things little bobbles put them in a box probably yeah. gift them to somebody else send them to Harry in a couple of weeks send them to Harry <laughs> his uh um, yeah, I don't, yeah. This is really, though, like, a very masterful scene. Like, as mm. much as you walk into this knowing, like, yeah, the seed make deals and, like, don't make a bargain with a fairy and, like, she's evil. Like, the way she turns us around, though, so quickly is, like, you don't, it, like, even as the reader, it's, like, it doesn't feel like an attack. It doesn't feel like, it just seems like, you know, almost very casual conversation. Like, oh, you want to help him? Like, okay, like, what are you willing to do to help him? It's, like, she's just That's so, like, on it, you they know? are. But yeah. even, like, Michael in the background is, like, Susan, like, you don't make deals with fairies. And, like, even he's not as... He's not clapping a hand over Susan's he's, mouth yeah, and dragging like, her away. Like, he still seemed himself to be more passive than normal. And even earlier on when know. Harry's like, Susan, get her out of here. And he's like, okay, let's go. And then Susan's like, um, Harry also needs help. He's like, oh, yeah, he does need help. I'm like, what the fuck, Michael? Like, make a choice? Like, I don't know. There seems to be a minute here where even Michael just steps back for a moment. And I don't know if it's like, you know, not having the sword makes him a little bit like... Maybe yeah, it's he does more cautious, right? But yeah, like, like yeah, the vulnerability. Let's, let's go, or I can handle this. No, okay. You're yeah, right. like I, I don't know. Like, it just like, like not to you know, I don't ever want to insult Michael, but just like this chapter stands out all on its own compared to his what mm-hmm. we've seen earlier in this book and what we're going to see in future books. It's just like I don't know for some reason Michael just maybe because there's so many other presents here. Like Jim Butcher didn't have time to focus on him as much. You know, he's jumping back and forth between Leah and Harry and Susan and. Bianca and all this other shit, and right? But it's like, yeah, but I, I, like just for this one moment here, it seems like Michael really just kind of withered down to nothing for a minute before the character comes back full force again <laughs> next chapter, and you're like, it's like, were you good plot there, device? Man? We need you to just <laughs> back up one second. Michael, Michael didn't dr- have anything to drink, but for a moment here, it seems like he did. <laughs> Well, and I, I mean, I can, like I say, with the Susan and Harry thing, right? He's like, oh, yeah, protect the women and children, you know, get her out of here. And then she's like, but Harry needs help, too. Like, they're gunning for him. And he's like, oh, shit, yeah, Harry, like, I came here for Harry's protection, too. And I mean, I think that's a bit of a valid because they're both different yet equally compelling, you know. And that's it. Is that part of why Michael came as backup was on the chance of, like, they don't know about, you know, getting the sword back right away or whatever, but Harry's like, basically, come and help me. We might find a way to get it back eventually, blah, 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 if we can but again, solve one this of those other things, shit that's going on, right? Think about, like, you know, fucking, like, the Harry Potter movie, um, seven or eighth one, when they break into the ministry and they all take the polyjuice potion, right? Mm-hmm. They chose three random employees mm-hmm. and then went in and just so happened to be, like, other people approached them and started giving them, like, their real jobs and they had to, like, break <laughs> up to go do their real jobs, yeah. you know, to keep <laughs> the thing, like right? It's yeah. like, you don't know when you walk in there what's going to be thrown at you. You know, you've got to roll with the punches. So, you know, Michael coming across Susan should have been like, alley-oop, and walked out the door with her, you know? Like, sorry, Harry, but I came to help you. This is a way I can help you. Getting Susan the fuck out of here, you know? Like, I just feel like there's other moments where it's like, yeah, you, like, that's like, you know, the whole, like, you know, God provides. Like, God had you come to this party so you could pick up Susan and walk out the door with her, like, you know, like... <laughs> but apparently not, because that's not directly what well, he did. Well, that's not what he did, so, so clearly not, yeah. But, you know, and same thing, like, yeah, he's warned... And, I mean, with Leah, again, yeah, he... Because he tells her, he's like, don't do the thing. And she's like, yeah, 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 I know, don't... You know, because you know, he's like, don't give her your name. And she's like, I know that. But, I mean, again, this could be the whole free will. Like, Susan keeps saying, I'm a big girl, I can make my own decisions... Michael may feel, you know, sort of his hands are tied there that, you know, it's not even like she doesn't know. She keeps saying very explicitly, 
I know I'm aware this is, you know, yeah, don't make my choices. Consenting. So that may very well have, again, a much bigger impact on what Michael can or cannot do. You know, he can't just clap his hand over his mouth and drag her off into the, you know, she, again, might be... For good or bad, I mean, you know, I, I kudos for wanting to stand up and protect Harry and do what you can. But again, right, like not fully understanding what you're getting into. I don't like the I don't like the part though, where like, like yeah, like Susan, Susan's like, I don't have a lot of money. It's like, don't embarrass me saying like, who just says <laughs> I don't have a lot of money? It's like, do you want to save your boyfriend or not? Like, <laughs> well, I think Leah's got a pretty good thing. She's like, what do I give a shit about money I for? Know. Like, what is that? It's just like, funny though. It's like Susan's like, like I'll do anything to. Ha- well, yeah, not you- money. I don't have money. Like, put together well, a GoFundMe. I mean, she's willing to offer what she has. She I just, know, I mean, but- basically, I think she's saying, I don't think it'll be enough if you're talking about buying. You know, still just seems funny. It's but like, yeah, girl. but yeah, it doesn't matter because Leah's like that doesn't mean shit to me anyways. Yeah. So. So Susan eventually agrees to one year of her memories being lost to yeah. Leah. And I'm sure we were all screaming at our books at this point. Right. I know I was. <laughs> Leah takes it with a kiss on her forehead because that's her thing. Yeah, she gets pissed off at Michael calling her a fairy. She, he's like, she's a fairy. He's like, fuck you, Michael. I love that she turns around and just slaps Dresden. I know, <laughs> that's what makes him better. She's like, all right, slap upside the head, you're fine. Could be a baby, get off of the ground. <laughs> And it works. I know. And he's like, boom. He like knocks. I guess he was probably standing up or something because she knocks him down. I don't know. Whatever she does. The uh, the episode started with uh, Harry touching Leia to get in between her and Susan. So maybe Leia had to touch him again to turn it off. Oh, oh maybe. Maybe. And just chose to do it that way because why not? Because she can. <laughs> yeah. I like that even like big, strong Michael, who's not holding a sword, still struggles to keep Harry standing. <laughs> like, Yeah. Well, again, he's still like... I know, but still, it's like, come on, Michael. Although that whole that whole dead weight thing. I know he managed charity just fine. Yeah, yeah, right. A pregnant charity he carried just fine. Yeah. I don't know. He cared more about carrying charity though. But charity wasn't necessarily dead weight. Well, he cared more, and charity wasn't necessarily dead weight. I mean, she was probably helping his baby. Yeah, Yeah. she wasn't just suddenly going limp in his. Yeah, still, I don't know. Harry's just a pain. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> Dramatic. Doesn't make bitch. anything easy on anybody, even when his friends are trying to like hold him up. They're just like Michael tries to take an opportunity to make a deal with Leah. Well, she's yeah, still there. She's for like, for oh, Maybe if you had the sword, he's like, no. <laughs> he's like done. Can't do it. <laughs> yeah, and then Leah makes a big boo boo because he's like, yeah, me for the sword, done. And she's like, no, because as soon as you get it back, I'm sure you'll find a way to break it, which. It's, like, fair and stuff like that, but I'm, like, again, it just seems a little bit more, like, well, don't give him any ideas just in case he did, you know? She's, like, oh, you could break that in a second. It's, like, well, he might not have known that, but he does now. I'm off, I'm actually curious as to how that would work, too, because, like, Harry couldn't use a sword to break his pack, but, like, Michael could somehow. Well, and that's, yeah, I have to admit I wondered a bit about that, too, because I'm, like, if Michael's giving his word, that's, like, an even, like, okay, Harry's just you know, a, a, an everyday schmuck <laughs> who apparently isn't afraid to occasionally lie, cheat, and steal. You know, the ends justify the means, but that is not Michael. And I did. I've I've wondered on that, too, when she's like, oh, you'd find it easy enough to break that once you had the sword. And I'm like, how, though, if he gives his word to you for... But I don't know. Like, maybe if he gets called to some higher purpose that doesn't involve being bound to the fairy. But I feel like in that case, the sword would just pass to a new owner. Right. Like, your job is done. Direct divine intervention where, like... You know, an angel comes down directly and (laughs) smites Lisa, or Lisa, Leah. Yeah, I don't know how that would have worked either, but whatever. Apparently they're just going to let that ride. But then Leah makes an almost fatal mistake here. And uh, she's like, well, you have others whose lives you hold that you can bargain with. She's like, you have kids, right? How about your oldest daughter? And Michael... does not like that. Nearly breaks the laws of hospitality. Almost, right? Didn't snarl. I think Leah was probably trying to make happen. Probably. Well, this is the thing about Leah. It always comes down to a win-win-win situation for her. Same thing like I think we were seeing in the in the graveyard when she got the right. She either got Harry to come with her, win, or she gets Harry to screw up some way, win, or she, you know, ended up with the sword. So that was right. Same thing here. She's like, well, either she keeps the sword, win, she already wanted that and has a use for it, or she gets one of Michael's kids, which is a win situation for her, or she, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's it's... Or she gets him to break the laws of hospitality and they start a whole, like, that's, again, that whole fairy things are just bad, bad, bad. And why is so? Because they, there is 
almost never a good deal for you to make out of it, no matter what you think you're getting. She's always like 10 steps ahead of you with whatever she's going to get out of the deal. Right. And Michael almost knew better because he's like, don't make a deal, don't make a deal. And then what does he do? He tries yeah. to make a deal. Yeah, well, uh, again, because that was himself. Surprise, right? surprise. To be, fair, to be fair, he was fully okay. To, he, he knew what he was giving up then, and that was fully himself. So Yeah, and that part was, yeah, he wasn't making deals for like power for himself or anything like that. He was literally handing yeah. over... Normally deals are, yeah, like, yeah. you know, giving up a part of yourself or something else, but to yeah. give up your entire self, okay, fine, <laughs> you know what that entails. Well, yeah, right, that's the whole martyrdom, sort of, the, you know, he's like, I don't care, you can kill me, you can take me, you can torture me for the rest of your life as long as, you know, the sword is safe and, you know, like you say, somebody else will take my place that way, but yeah, no, so, um, yeah, so it's about, just about gets real dangerous real fast, he's like, you don't mess with kids, you do not mess with my family, he's like, um, I will set such things in motion against you as will destroy you for all time, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Leah's like, ooh, so, good she, threat. <laughs> it, it, well, it is a good threat, but again, Leah's like, haha, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and she just kind of poofs out of, yeah, she right? just shimmers away, she shimmers away, yeah, disappears really, into but the darkness. she doesn't push it either, right, yeah. she's like, she knows she's not gonna get anywhere, so she doesn't, yeah, so, I mean, I think, I think it did actually have a, an effect on you know she could it covering it up and just blowing it off and moving on you know but i feel that yeah if there if there wasn't some um some truth to that some mm-hmm. power behind that that you know she might have tried to you know further bargain or whatever tried harder, yeah. yeah tried harder but i think she's like okay yeah no we will we'll just leave that yeah. <laughs> Oops, and but, fairies are nothing if not patient if, right but True not this time but that. maybe next time um so yeah so then anyway so she wanders off to go talk to Thomas and stuff like that. They're like, okay, I think we should get the fuck out of here because none of this is going well and we might as well just cut our losses. And Susan, they're like, come on, Susan, let's, we'll get you out of here. She's like, sure, no problem. Who are you? Yeah. Well, and at then. least she didn't let the fairy lick her. This is true. True. There yeah. was enough spit going around this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did not. She did not give her whole name. She did not look her in the eye. She did not let her lick her. <laughs> However, list complete. Crisis averted. Check, check, check. Yeah. The letter of the law again. Again. Mm-hmm. This concludes our episode 8.13 Deal Breaker. Thank you for listening. And thank you to our guest, Matt. Thank you so much. Ooh, yay. Thanks, Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. You can find us online at freeflowrambling.com and mechanalies.ca. There we have links to our other podcasts, social media, and other fun tidbits. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing, and please consider supporting us through Patreon to keep the magic alive and to see more content. We are Free Flow Rambling, conjure by it at your own risk.